tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Spotlight On here at AfterBuzz TV. I've got a very, very special guest here tonight. I'm Suri Serrano, and uh, he chose this music, by the way. This is his music that he wanted to uh, intro this show to. So he's a mixed martial artist currently starring um, on The Ultimate Fighter Season 21, uh, a member of Team Black Zillions out of Florida, and um, his his nickname is the Nigerian Nightmare, although I got to tell you, he is anything but a nightmare and very much a Southern gentleman. If nobody knows that, the secret is out. Welcome to the show, Kamaru Usman. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for being here. You are very welcome. Do people know that you're a Southern gentleman? Um, people that actually get to interact with me know that. And, yeah. and so when you actually, when you get to interact with me, you know that I was, I was raised properly. I was raised in Texas. And so, as you know, those Texas boys Tex- are raised right. <laughs> as I, I know. So, <laughs> well, as you should know, <laughs> Texas boys are raised right. And so I, I always have my manners on me. I love it. Well, I've, I can attest to that. That is true. Well, let's, let's get started because there's a lot I want to, uh, talk with you about tonight. Okay. Um, Okay, so born in Nigeria, came to the U.S. at five years old to Arlington, Texas. Yeah, about seven. About seven. Yeah, to Arlington, Texas, yes. Got it. Was that a culture shock? Do you remember that at seven years old? Yeah, definitely. I remember everything. I remember even being in Nigeria. Really? Yes, definitely. And it wasn't, you know what, I would say, yeah, right away it kind of was because we saw snow right away. Oh my, in Texas. Right when, yes, and that, wow. that, that was, it hadn't snowed for a few years before that. And it was uh, the winter season, and we we came over, and and I we saw snow. We're driving home, and I was asking, "What is that white stuff on the ground?" Because I'd never seen that before. Right. And then they told us it was snow, and kind of explained it to us. So it was actually kind of uh, it was it was amazing to actually yeah. see at that young age. I love it. Did you grow up in an athletic household? Yes, I would say coming up, we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad loved it, played soccer, and he played soccer. And my mother ran track, and I actually watched. I actually watched her run, not competitive track, but she loved to run. And uh, I watched her run. And she was a teacher, and they would have the kind of teacher races and things of that nature, you know, back in Nigeria. And I actually watched her run in some of them. And so she was athletic, and my dad was athletic, and all my brothers got the and genes. Sisters are athletic. Definitely. How many brothers, sisters? I have an older brother named Cash. He uh, played semi pro semi-pro soccer excuse me and he played in college at South Carolina Aiken and he was a national team I think it was 18, 19 somewhere around there he was you know junior national team or something of that nature and got to travel with uh, USA amazing and I have a little brother named Muhammad he played football at Arizona University of Arizona 
and played arena football. And now he's still working hard. He actually lives in San Diego, still working hard and trying to get into the NFL. He just needs a shot because yeah. he's he's extremely talented and he knows he can play the game. But Tough once business. You're, exactly. Once Tough you're business. out of that circle, you're out of that circle. Absolutely. And my younger sister has just graduated last week from high school Aww. and signed to play volleyball at Mississippi Valley. Yeah, I'd University. say you have an athletic family. A that bit. is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I mean, being in Texas, it's all about football. Football, 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 as you know. Yeah. So I read that you started, um, I read that you were five foot two entering high school. Is that correct? You were five two? <laughs> yes, actually, that is correct. In junior, in middle school, junior high, I, football wasn't too bad because I, you know, I was fast like most of the kids and sure. small like most of the kids. And so I could get away with a lot of stuff. But then when you go to high school, everybody grows and I just didn't grow, didn't grow. from that, that part. So I'm five foot two, 103 pounds my freshman year. And I just remember it getting hit a few times and I'm just like, oh my God, I just don't think this sport's for me. Because, oh my gosh. And I was, I was kind of, you know, yeah, you're in wimp. Texas. Yeah, right. I was kind of a little wimp back then. Uh, you know, I was still growing. I was a growing boy. So you waited a year, right, to start wrestling. And you yes. started your sophomore year in high school. Yes, I started competing for my, my high school team my sophomore year. And you cleaned up senior year. Your record is 53 and 3? Yes. senior year, By senior year, I just, I, I knew, you know what, to actually, my junior year, I knew it was something that I wanted to do. But I still was kind of hanging on, you know, to being part of the cool kids. And, and and I wasn't fully dedicated into doing it. And that summer between my junior year and my senior year, I decided to kind of give myself completely to wrestling. I went to camps all summer. I wrestled all summer and competed. And then I came back that senior year. I was just like, you know, this is what I want to do. And I want to be the best at it. Well, you cleaned up in Texas, it sounds like. Um, and then you were given a scholarship to William Penn yes. in Iowa. Is that yes. correct? Why, and then transferred after one year. Why did you transfer to Nebraska Kearney? Uh, it's actually Nebraska Kearney. Kearney? Kearney, yes. excuse me. No, it's okay. Everyone misses yeah. that. I learned something new. <laughs> um, going, I actually, I went to the school because it was, it was kind of a last resort for me. It was a last minute deal. Yeah. The school that I actually, the university I actually wanted to get into, I was pretty much in. I was just waiting for my acceptance letter. I, I signed a letter of intent and everything of that nature. I was going to get scholarship. And so it was a big university. And Can I'm you waiting. Tell me who it was? It was Appalachian State University oh, yeah. okay. in North Carolina. And so I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting for that call from the coach. Hey, okay, you report to school this time and this time. And it was approximately, I want to say, three weeks before school started. And no call. I wasn't getting calls. I wasn't getting texts, anything from him anymore. And so I kind of just assumed I, I kind of got yeah. the hint that uh, you probably are not going to get in here. And so that university, Winnipeg University, kept calling me and said, okay, we have money for you. We have a lot of money for you. Why don't you come here? We'll give you a scholarship. Come here. And I was just like, okay, screw it. I, I don't really have an option. My mom and dad are like, you, you're going to go somewhere for school. You're not staying home. <laughs> and so I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And so I just, I went, I packed my bags, I went. Unfortunately, it wasn't what I expected, what I wanted. In what and way? Just uh, from the town, from the experience, just the overall school experience. It wasn't what I wanted and what, what I 
although I did just the two years that I spent there, mm-hmm. I learned a lot. I, I grew up a lot from there, being on my own and being away. I went from right. Texas, Arlington, Texas to Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, <laughs> it was a, a huge cultural shock to me. Sure. But it's very different. Definitely. But it, uh, it, I grew up, it, it kind of, it had a huge effect on me and helping me grow up. I had a lot of different life altering changes that things that happened while I was there. What was the biggest one? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> would you say, uh, I learned a lot about people in the world and, and how they perceive and stereotype mm. a few, you know. A I feel what you're putting down. A, yeah, you picking up what I'm putting down. I'm pi- I, I, I picked it up. <laughs> and so uh, I grew up a lot. I grew up faster. And so yeah. I decided to make the move to a bigger and better university than what I felt like. And instantly I clicked with the university. I clicked with the team, the coaches. Yeah. And my development-wise as a wrestler, I knew that that was a place that I wanted to be that was going to help me get to my ultimate goal of being a national champion. And so, How many just, schools did you visit before you transferred? I visited just one. Just one? one. Oh, just okay. one. I, nice. I, 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 I talked to them before, actually. I talked to them briefly before I actually signed to William Penn. And, you know, my stock really wasn't that high at that point with them although they knew me and they wanted me to come there yeah but you know sometimes you just need to go somewhere to really build that and 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 create that buzz about yourself and so you know that's actually one of the you know things that i actually do appreciate about going to william pan it actually did help me do that shaped you a lot it sounds like it really molded you as a person it did definitely yeah build some character it definitely (laughs) um which what those years are kind of about that those college years uh you had tremendous success at um at your school that you transferred to yes. 2008 overall team champion you guys yes. were you were the runner-up uh for what at 174 in yes. 2009 and you were the ncaa division two champion in 2010 yes no small feat that's pretty amazing thank you thank you very much <laughs> uh, and then you were also a member of the 2010 university world team yes how was that it was fun. It was it was amazing to be able to travel with uh, and, and represent your country in, in in the sport that you love. And so it was. Yeah. I loved it. When did that become a goal of yours to represent the U.S. after winning the national title? In college. <laughs> That's honest. I love yes, it. It was. It was. I, I can't. To be honest with you, I can't say it was uh, my lifelong dream as a kid to you know want to go to the to Olympics. Of course, you watch the Olympics, and yeah. you never think that that's a, something that you can achieve coming from a certain place and where I come from. And so it was right after I got there. It was For me, it was basically about setting a goal mm-hmm. and getting the formula how to get to that goal and achieving that goal. And that's kind of how it was in high school. And then after high school, it was, what was next? College. And after college, what was next? Right. Okay, let's go do that. What was your what was the greatest lesson you learned um, when you finished your collegiate career? Just that it was uh, after se- just setting goals for yourself and, mm. and achieving them and then moving on to the next one. Yeah. I think a lot of people some people get complacent on setting one goal for themselves and then they they achieve that goal and then it's like, "Oh, what do I do now? Oh, I I don't know what to do." And then it just kind of goes downhill from there. 
it was just continuing to strive for something greater than what you've done and a, and a higher purpose. And so that that's definitely what one of the biggest things that I learned from that. I love that. And then you moved on, if if I'm correct, to Colorado Springs, the Olympic Training Center. Yes. And you trained there for two years to try and make the Olympic team. Yes. Um, question about that. I know that you trained with Jake Ellenberger, Ellenberger's brother, Joe, at your school, and he planted MMA in your head at that time, right, during school? Yes. So what made you put that on hold? The Olympics? Yes, definitely. Um, Jake, uh, Jake, Joe Ellenberger was actually, he was my teammate in 2008 when mm-hmm. we were team champions, and then he graduated, and while we were teammates, he was a guy that, it was kind of, we had a love-hate kind of relationship. He was a, the loud guy on the team, but when he was in a room, you you knew he was in a room. Mm. And although he was loud and sometimes obnoxious, he was very. <laughs> it was just he was very honest about the way he did things. Yeah. Although he said it in a rude way and a loud way, you could never could say that oh he's wrong or he he wasn't honest about that. And that was one of the things that I grew to respect from him after he left after he graduated. And I just knew, and he was a tough individual, very tough guy, and and he fought during the summers while he was in school. Of course, he didn't fight for for money because he couldn't, but a guy that yeah. can go out and train and fight and do something that tough. And he, I just, I asked him, I said, hey, I, I need you to come back and help me uh, win, achieve this goal and win a national title. I need you to come back and work with me and help me out. And wow. to be honest, and he was working a, a job, an actual real job. And a company, a big company, making good money, and he decided to put that on hold and come back and really and coach. Yes, and he, and of course, he got his master's degree out of it, so it wasn't a bad deal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you trained for two years, and um, your many injuries keep you from the trials. What walk me through all these injuries that stopped you from competing? Um, training at the uh, uh, at Colorado Springs at the Olympic Training Center was. Uh, it, it was a very great experience for me because it, it definitely now you're training at the highest level, right? With the best, some of the best athletes in the world. Sure. And and you're at the Olympic Training Center, so you know the best athletes in the world are coming in and out, you know, day in and day out. Phelps is there all the time, mm-hmm. you know, to train. We have wrestlers that are Olympic champions that are coming in and out. Gymnasts. Yes, gymnasts that are coming in and out. And, you know, my coach, our national team coach, was uh, Olympic champion, 2000 Olympic champion, Brendan Slay. And our developmental coach was Bill Zadick, who was a world champion. And so when you're there at the highest level training with all these guys, you have to give the maximum effort every day in and day out, which is something that I did myself already. And so being there, it was just uh, just a combination of that and and, and that, you know, I want to say just the high altitude and just, sure. just you your know, body, it was... Your body broke down my from body all the training. Bro- my body broke down fast. Ooh. And... and I just wasn't recovering and, and I wasn't just, it just wasn't working out to where I was always hurt, little injuries. I tear my knee up. I tear my elbow up. I tear something up. And it just, with all those significant injuries like that, after a while, it starts to take a toll on 
the way you feel and the way that you think mentally ap- mentally, mentally. It's, it's so tough yes and at that at that level only just the mental aspect of it separates the the guy on the podium the olympic champion from First the guy that took second or the guy that yeah. took eighth right. it's just who wanted it more at that time and so those injuries was kind of starting to hurt my motivation for the sport and my love and passion for it and I wasn't performing the way that I wanted to perform and the way that I knew I was capable of performing and so you know me and my coach just kind of sat down together and uh, you know felt that the best thing for me was to move on to something that I was really passionate about how long before the Olympics was this This, it was actually the Olympic year to be honest with you right wow so I mean that had to be a really challenging time I mean just emotionally and mentally and everything when you put everything thus far in your career into that you know that dream yes. not your whole life but you know your wrestling career and yes. college and whatnot what's your state of mind at that point it, it it was but it was uh it was something that i, I felt that my coaches kind of knew was coming and and i knew it was coming because while while training towards towards the end there i was having moments to where i was I would get an opportunity to do something with MMA, train with a guy or train with someone. And and it was kind of, you know, I started to see the other side of it. And I was just like, you know what? Wow, this is this is actually not bad. I actually like this. I like training. And so it was kind of a little escape for me when I, I started to get a little complacent. And then that, and that wrestling, that training with my injury started to get a little monotonous. I, you know, having a little escape to, for a week, train with the MMA fighter who is famous right. all over the world it was uh it was something that just kind of was like okay i can do that you know and it's something that i i kind of do i want to do and so towards the end there of course I'm, I'm very disappointed with the way that my wrestling career ended essentially but i was looking forward to something else i knew something greater was in store for me yes right so how did you choose the Black Zillions, because your next move was to Florida, correct? Yes. Boca Raton for the Black Zillions. How did that come about? I mean, there are so many talented gyms out there. How did you choose them? Uh, prior to deciding to make that switch completely to MMA, I had trained with Rashad Evans before. And, and to be honest with you, I'm not even going to shoot Cody. I'm not going to lie. He had a huge part in my decision. Really? I met him and, and this was, and I don't know if he knows, I don't think I've ever told him, but I'd never been starstruck by anybody before. But when I met him initially, of course I, I wouldn't show it. I wouldn't say, you know, where'd you I'm meet a, him? Cool guy. We actually met in Denver. He was training for one of his fights and he was in Denver at the time. And I think it was kind of the time where he was going through his transitional phase, leaving Jackson's and looking mm-hmm. for a new gym. Mm-hmm. And we met in Denver and. I went in and I, I trained with him and we wrestled and, and, and worked out that day. And that was all good and fine, you know, but yeah. what really got me about him was his personality. It was when you see a guy and you watch a guy on TV and you watch this guy go out and knock out people countless times on TV and you, you build a persona about him and the way he carries himself on screen. Mm-hmm. You You build that persona in your mind of what you think that guy is like. And so... When I actually got to meet him and speak with him and, and just talk to him. And he was just, he was a downright, just a, a great guy, a wonderful individual. And I was just like, you know what? 
that you know that that's a guy that I, I kind of want to be around. Yeah. And of course, his drive and 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 his talent in the sport and his knowledge in the sport was like, okay, that's a guy that I want to be with, be around, and learn from. And we just got closer and closer. He brought me out to one another one of his training camps when he was down in Florida, and I met the coach, and it was just an environment that I loved. And yes, I had other you know other gyms that I visited, like Team Takedown down in Texas, another gym that I love, and I actually do train at when I'm back home in Texas. I visited them, and then I visited Black Zillions, and I just, you know, I'm like, you know what, that that's, I want to go with Black Zillions. That's, I feel felt very right. well. It felt right. It just felt right. Yeah. And, and the rest is history. I, apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> and that will lead us, uh, obviously, to this season's um, The Ultimate Fighter 21, Black Zillions against American Top Team down the road from you. Um, gosh, there are so many questions I have for you about that. But before we go there, you were a coach on season 14 or part yes. of that coaching team as the wrestler, uh, the wrestling coach. What did you learn from being a part of season 14 that you implemented going into this season to help you? A big thing that I learned was kind of basically because th- those fights being on the show, you have to be able to fight in rapid succession in, in, in you know, back to back weeks. In a short amount of time to where guys typically you have eight to 10 to 12 weeks sometimes preparing longer. for a fight sometimes yeah. longer you know to prepare for a big fight and on that show you have to be able to be ready to fight every week or every other week if need be and that was something that i actually learned how some of the guys navigated with that mm. and it was an easier transition for me because i was used to wrestling and competing week to week to week and cutting weight and making weight right and so it was it was one of the things that i think the biggest takeaway that i took from that yeah how was it of course i'm sure you've been asked this a lot uh how was it living in a house without any social media and all the communication and i mean with i think people now they may know more but it's still behind the scenes people don't realize that you have no access to kind of anything and you it's like a i think rashad actually said it's a big sociology experiment it is definitely right how did you hold yourself together it wasn't that hard for me to be honest with you it wasn't that hard the the first it's after the first couple for me it was the first couple of days and after that, you just you don't even think about it. It actually is a, it's, a, it's a good thing, right? And you know, I don't think people realize nowadays. I don't think people realize how much fillers and distractions that we have all through the day. I don't think people do realize it. Mm. And it's and it's good point. Not just your phone, not just being on social media, not just certain things. It's it's the noise that's in a room when you're there. It's a familiar place, familiar room. It's the noises that are in there, just the voices, the the people that are talking. Although you're not listening to them, you hear them, and it, it's it makes you feel comfortable being in that circle and in that bubble because you're used to being there. And in this on the show, in that it's in that experiment, it's being able to be in a house with all these guys, and there's there's no TV, there's no internet, there's no phones, there's no music. And so being able to be in a space to where it's completely silent, you're isolated. So there, if there's no sound, you have to create the sound. And that, that right there was, it was a few times guys kind of, you know, some guys would go crazy from that. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I've said it on the show, um, 
on our after show that I I do here every week. I've said it like some people, male or females, in that environment, you're going to see mental strength, definitely, or weakness. Either way, um, what would you say? Where did you grow the most in your journey on season twenty one? And that could be fighting, it could be personal, it could be anything. I would say more personal. I grew more personal. Really? And I would have to say it's with patience. Because as a wrestler and being, you know, having being used to cutting weight and, and the way that that process works, you know, if, you, if you've never really cut weight in the way that fighters and wrestlers do it, it it's a... It's a mental challenge, a mental battle. And you get to a certain point to where you're just, you don't want to deal with certain things. You don't want to hear certain things. You don't want to, I've heard you this. know, just even be around. And I'm sure you've been, you have friends that are fighters that, <laughs> Listen you to the way you say that. You know, I know which friends you're talking about. <laughs> I'm sure we will been, not say those, that person's name. We will not disclose any names, but. <laughs> it's tough though. It is. It's definitely tough to. Be able to deal with the outside when you have that much stress and pressure and, and anxiety yeah. and things going on in your in, in your life at that moment. And I think um, with this show, it, it definitely helped me. And and a, a big part, I, to be honest with that, I would attest to was my one of my teammates, Carrington Banks, and um, he was a guy. I don't know if it's it's coming it's coming across like that on the show, but he's a. Uh, we like to. I, I personally, in my mind, like to describe him as a hippie. He's kind of. He's really? got that hippie soul. Oh, he's just. Awesome. He's the cool guy. He's just. You know. Yeah, it's not coming across where, on the show, but that's cool. It doesn't know. matter where he's at. He's just. He's just a cool guy. He's a very chill guy. His energy is always. And he's one of those guys that's very into energies, and, and he's positive energy all the time. And he's. He's okay. I'm gonna be me, and that's what makes you you. And that's uh, you know, and that. I love it. He's, yeah, and he's. He's a lovable guy. Every everywhere he's at, with everybody he meets, and so, you know, he was a huge part in me kind of working on that, that patience with everybody else. Because usually I'm a guy when I'm focused, I'm focused, and I don't really like to, you know, divert off right. the the you know the mission at hand. And so, do you see a change in your fighting given that newfound patience? I mean, I would think it would help a little bit. Yes, definitely. I think it does. It does help with my mental. You know, being because if I, I'm if I'm focused b- before I'm, I'm focused, this is what I need to get done. I'm, I'm zeroed in. I'm narrowed in on it. Yeah. And I think he, you know, this helped me a lot with dealing with certain times because cer- certain times certain things don't go the way you want it to be. You know, they might not play your music or they might not do which I've been great with in the past and dealing with, but this helped me basically even deal with it even better. Yeah, and being it's awesome. more relaxed. Yeah, brilliant. Um, well, I know you can't obviously tell me what happens in the remaining weeks of the show. Uh, we will tune in to find out, and then um, obviously we don't know who's in the finale. Hopefully, it's you. Um, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. But post show, uh, real life goals, short term goals. What are you looking at? What do you want? Short term girl goals. Uh, hopefully, um. I win all my fights on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's very short term. Very very short okay. term. And hopefully, I hopefully I win the show. If I'm selected to be on the finale, hopefully yeah. I'm that guy, and hopefully I, I win the show. Post show in your career, 
in my career, Your I definitely want to have that. I definitely want to have that gold strap. One hundred percent. I, I want to be that UFC champion. It's uh, when I when I step in to do something, and I pursue uh, an endeavor. I want to be the guy. I want to I want to attain the highest achievement that can be attained by it. whether it was a high school state title or a national championship in college or an Olympic gold medal or the UFC title. I want to be achieve that goal. What's it going to take to get to that? I. I know it's going to take a lot of sacrifice, a lot of hard work, and a lot of dedication. These are qualities that I, I, I believe I already possess. And it's just now it's just a matter of time. And, of course, the right opportunity. What motivates you? What motivates me? I have a few things that motivates me. Of course, uh, a better life for myself and my family is probably one of the biggest things because I'm very big on family. And so that's... Uh, you know why I'm laughing. <laughs> I know that. We were talking about family before the show. <laughs> and so that, that, that's definitely a huge driving force behind it. Yeah. But also for the glory of it as well. Because these are sports that you don't just get into because, oh, I'm chasing money. I want, I want to make money. You don't just get into it because of that. Because at the beginning stages, you make no money. Some fighters True. actually lose money. Oh, yeah. And so it, it's something that you have to severely love and some severely want to do, you know. And, of course, I, I'm a competitor overall. I'm, I'm a competitor. I love to compete. I chose this because it was a, another avenue, another form of me competing. Yeah. If there was nothing else for me to do, I would have did curling just to <laughs> compete. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You never know. It could be a second career or you know third what? career. I actually thought about that while I was at the training center. <laughs> you did? Yeah. I, I said, love you it. You know what? I can, I can curl. Yeah, I can, I can work that. I can I seen, I've seen these guys do it. I can do it. <laughs> I love it. What's something that would surprise people about you? Something that would surprise people about me is, like you mentioned, uh, just kind of how I am. In general, um, when people see someone on TV and they kind of, and of course, TV kind of builds a persona for you. For sure. And, you know, to the untrained eye, when they see something like that, they, they kind of, they go with that. They're like, oh, he's this way or he's that way. And when you see me on TV, I'm 100% in competitive mode the whole time. That doesn't really give you a sense of who I am outside. And, how I carry myself and I think that that's a big thing that shocks a lot of people when they talk to me and when they're around me that is fantastic who has carried you through your most challenging moments in life man uh, that's a good question I have a I have a pretty small net group and support system that I, I that I go to and and it's um, you know it could change here and there but it doesn't change much. Of course, my parents, my mom and dad are, are, are always in there. They're, they're, of course, they gave me life. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's pretty important. That's a yep, big one. Very. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they definitely a big part of why I, I am here and why I am who I am. And also, uh, some of my, my coaches, my high school wrestling coach, uh, David Mudgett and, and John Mans. And, and, you know, David Mudgett is, uh, a guy that, that took a chance on me and gave me an opportunity to to do something and, and you know be a part of this sport that most people 
really wouldn't or would be patient enough to take that time to really develop and work with the kid. And I actually just told him that, you know, the last time I saw him, you know, I appreciate his patience, you know, and his vision and seeing that, okay, that kid might be something. And and also my uh, my club coach in in, in high school, uh, Alan Rogers. He, he's a he's a guy that has been there for me every step of the way, and he's still there for me every step of the way. And I owe a lot to that man. Like he he definitely, if I definitely needed something, he's a guy that I could call and say, I'm in a bad situation. I need something, and without hesitation, I know he's a a man that would definitely do that. He treats me like a son. It sounds like you've got a lot of wonderful people around you. Yes. Besides Rashad Evans, what fighters do you respect and look up to most? I respect, to be honest with you, I respect all fighters. You have to be... Crazy. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little, a little bit. A little, a little bit. Of it. You have to Maybe have a little, little bit more. in there. Um, they, fighters are special individuals. To be able to to handle all that, I don't think people. You watch it on TV, and people just think, "Oh, it's a fight." You know, I can do that. I can go in there and do that. They're just punching each other. They're screaming at the TV, "Do this, or you suck, or this <laughs> and that." And I don't think they realize what it takes to and what people that you go through mentally to get in that cage. And excuse me, um, I actually just I saw a video, uh, Cowboy Cerrone. Mm. Uh, they did a, a spotlight on him before one, leading up to one of his fights, and he okay. explained kind of the process of what he goes through, you know, leading up to that fight, that that twenty four hours leading up to it. And it was an amazing piece because he was dead on with most of it. Just that emotional roller coaster that you go through in getting prepared for that fight. It was uh, it was amazing, and that's that's quite on. Yeah. What do you, do you have any um, specific rituals or things that you have to do before you fight you know do you have a certain routine that you have to you know, what's your fight week or the day before your last 24 hours like my last 20 i, I do have a routine i, I believe you you, you kind of have to have a routine you kind of have to have a plan even when you go in a fight yeah you know of course that plan may shift and change and yeah. things of that nature but you kind of have to have a plan and it, it, this was a quote that i heard from my college coach and this was something that he he would say kind of you know, here and there. This is your but, favorite quote. Yeah, he would say here and there, but he didn't. Uh, he didn't think. Obviously, I don't think he knows that I, I kind of live by this now. And he would always say, sometimes if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And initially, I was kind of like, "What? What? Did, oh, wow, <laughs> that does make sense. If you don't have a plan, like it's it's gonna be tough for you to achieve that goal, right? And and so, you know, I kind of have a routine that I, I want to get down, but that routine can change. It could be a time crunch. Okay, we need you to fight now or, you know, and fights never, they never go according to time because anything can happen in a fight. I heard that you do study your opponent. Very much. You do. Try. I mean, I know every some fighters do, some fighters don't. This is about you planning, right? Very you much. I, I definitely study. I, I love, and I actually love the sport. I love to watch fights. I love to watch boxing, combat sports. And so I love to study my opponents. And so when I get into that fight, I know what to expect. I know what to look out for. And I know where I can exploit their weaknesses or, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, do you have any, who are your favorite fighters in, in the, in, who are the favorite fighters in your division? In my division, favorite fighters, I would have to say, 
myself. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm getting there, but I, I like I like a few guys. Uh, I think uh, just the rebirth of uh, Matt Brown and yeah. the way he's been fighting to go from a guy that was kind of mediocre to coming out and just doing some of the things that he's done. I think that that's amazing. Johnny Hendricks uh, is a good guy. You know, I trained with him a few times, right. and uh, I think he's you know he's a great fighter, great great fighter. You know, there's there's definitely some some guys in that division that I I like. Those are the ones. Yes. All right, okay, we're gonna switch gears a little bit and just okay. have a little fun. Okay. Enough of the heavy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna do rapid fire. Okay. Have you played this before? No, I have not. Okay, I'm gonna give you two choices, and you can't think. You just have to give me one or the other after I say them. Okay. No pressure. All right. You, no pressure. You sweating over there? <laughs> a little okay. bit. It's a little hot in here. Okay. <laughs> it is. Here we go. Read a book. Or watch a movie. Watch a movie. Instagram or Twitter. Instagram. Fruits or vegetables. Fruits. Coffee or tea. Coffee. Salty or sweet. Salty. Do you prefer hot or cold? Hot. Mac or PC. PC. Favorite country you visited. India. Uh, surf or snowboard. Neither. Cats or dogs. Dogs. What did you want to be when you grew up? It changed, but I, I background dancer to. <laughs> A civil uh, electrical engineer to wow. now a marriage counselor. Really? Yes. Seriously? Yes. When I'm done fighting, I'm going to go back to school and be a marriage counselor. That's amazing. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> favorite concert you've been to? Beyonce. Favorite zoo animal? Yeah, it's just the queen. <laughs> favorite zoo animal? I would have to say orangutan. <laughs> What's one thing you always do before fighting? Before fighting crouch down get in the zone almond butter or peanut butter peanut butter crunchy or smooth smooth what city were you born in ouchie favorite thing about florida beach vanilla or chocolate vanilla right handed or left right favorite home cooked meal rice (laughs) rice regular milk or soy almond okay fourth (laughs) of july or new year's eve new year's eve Super Bowl or NBA Finals? NBA Finals. Last movie you watched? Entourage. Ooh. Bikes or motorcycles? Motorcycles. Favorite sport to play other than fighting? To play. To do, yeah. To do basketball. Captain America or Thor? Thor. (laughs) Favorite cheat meal? Pizza. Favorite time of day? Nighttime. Favorite fighter uh, in the history of the sport? Dominic Cruz. If you could meet one person dead or alive, who would it be? Maya Angelou. Oh, that's an excellent choice. I, I would be with you on that one. Well done, sir. Thank you. I want to say um, we've run out of time, and that's not what I wanted to say. Thank you so much for taking time and coming all the way from Florida. No, just kidding. All the way <laughs> out She's here not kidding. to the studios. Um, I'm not kidding. Actually, he lives in Florida and we are in California. Um, I really appreciate it. It was fun to sit down and chat with you. Thank you. It was, it was my pleasure to be here. And I love it. Ever Thank the you. Southern gentleman. Uh, where can people find you on social media? I am on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, but please don't add me on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You can, you can. Snapchat um, at Usman eighty four kg, and that's U S M A N eight four kg. I love it. Best of luck to you to, for the rest of the season, and Thank then of course in much. your career. Hopefully, you'll come back and visit. 
I will. And I'm at Suri Serrano on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Periscope, all of that. Thank you so much for, so much for watching, and I'll see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 